Okay, good morning everybody. Today we'll be learning Be'ezrat Hashem, Daf Kuf, Tes, Vav, in Maseches Pesachim. Arve Pesachim, today we'll be discussing Karpas, and we'll be discussing other things also, Zeichel, the Mikdash Kehillel, as is related to Karpas, and etc. Um, a little bit of Alachilas Matzah, we're in the heart of the Seder now. Tomorrow we'll be doing the Manishtana, so teasing tomorrow, coming attractions. And so we begin on Kufya Daladama Bay, six lines up. And we were making the bracha on the Karpas. And we were saying, this is the beginning of the discussion of the Bore Priha Dama and the Al Achilas Mar, right? Because when you have vegetables, what do we do? We have Karpas. So let's say you have potatoes for Karpas. So we're going to see soon a little bit of a proof that maybe you could sneak in more than. Uh, okay, I'll say it already now. Uh, even though Rabbi Gross said, don't publicize it too much. He knows, he knows that people are eating more than a kazais of a potato, but he's looking the other way. So, uh, Rabbi Gross. Why is he looking the other way? Well, partially because there's no question that in the time of the Gemara, in the time of the Mishnah, they ate, as Gerardo says, a Caesar salad, right? They ate a full amount of karpas. It's just the only question is we don't know and the Gemara doesn't tell us because the Gemara thought it was obvious either that you did like the Rambam, which is that you ate a full amount of karpas, like a full salad, and then after, afterwards uh, made a bracha achrona, right? Or because they didn't make a bracha achrona. So it's that, that's the suffix. We don't know whether they made a bracha achrona or not. So we have less than a kazayas because we're not sure whether we have to make a bracha achrona on the vegetables. But it's not because that was the minhag to eat less than a kazais. That's not part of the, that's not part of the minhag. It's, if you knew the halacha as to whether to make a bracha achrona, then you would know that then you certainly, everybody would be eating a giant salad, a large, not even a medium. Okay. Potentially. Now, of course, you want to still have, uh, you, you want to have appetite, but we hold that your rakos are appetizers, which is that they increase appetite. So you'd be encouraged to have a large salad, as we said. Now, anyways. Now, says the Gemara. So with regards to the bracha rishona, however, so you have a bore priyadama. Now, what would be the case if you had maror for karpas? As we know, maror as a vegetable would qualify for karpas. The Gemara alternatively calls it different things here, right? It, it was called chazeres in the Mishnah. The Gemara calls it chasa. Right, that's actually similar to what we colloquially call it in Israel. We call lettuce or romaine lettuce. We call it chasa, and we in fact use that for maror. So says the Gemara. We're going to get the charoset soon here. But first, what's the bracha rishon in the maror? So pshita says the Gemara. Right, when you're not using chasa, right, when you're using whatever potatoes, right. Uh, so you're going to make a bor piyadam on the potatoes, as we do at the Seder, and you're going to eat that. Then you bring out the chasa, let's say, for maror. You bring out the what we call the maror. And when you bring out the maror later, you're going to make a alachilas maror, and you're going to eat it. Now, right, the presumption here is the bor piyadama that you said on the Caesar salad or the potatoes, that bor piyadama actually covers the maror, right? Because you need to make a bracha on the maror potentially, right? It's a questionable, right? So all of these things are discussed over here. Do, would you need to make another, another bracha uh, rishona on the maror? So let's see, right? But, but obviously, 
see the bracha rishon of the brichas and end of, of Adama is going to be either way covered by the vegetables. The question is alachilas mar. The question is when you make the if you were to make the bracha rishona, uh, if you're going to have chasa for the karpas, then you are what inadvertently right eating mar already. So what happens then? Do you make a bracha of alachilas mar? Before Mara, so let's see, says the Gemara. However, Hecha Deleka Ela Chasa, as we said, the Gemara refers to it as Chasa. When you only have Mara to use both for Mara and for Karpa, so my, what would be the Alacha? So again, you're bringing out Mara and you're having it for Karpas. So that's a machlokus between Ravuna and Ravchista. Amar Ravuna, Mavach Meikara, Amara, Boripi Adama, Ve'achil, Ulvasaf, Mavachale, Alachilas Mara, Ve'achil. Right? So you treat it just like it was potatoes. The first time you're going to say bar pi adama, and you're not going to mention mar, even though you're eating chasa, which is technically mar. And then when you when you use the same chasa later for mar, you're going to make the bracha mar again, like it's a regular veggie. This says the Rashbam is an indication that Ravuna holds right, like Rabbi Yossi did that mitzvah tzrichos kavana. Right, the Ravuna is saying that mitzvah tzrichos kavana, and therefore since you only have kavana. For karpas, the first time around, that is actually works to not be yotze marar, even though you're literally eating marar, it works to not be yotze marar. And therefore, when you get to the marar, you have not yet fulfilled that responsibility, and you can in fact make a bracha of al achilas marar when you get to the marar later. That is right. So this is this is where you get into. Why does the karpas not require barachorna or not? It's not, like I said, it's not mentioned in the Gemara. The Gemara thought it was obvious. The Gemara is only men, uh, pointing out and discussing here the bracharishona. As we arrive at Kutetzvavim and Aleph, Rav Chista is not happy with Ravuna's suggestion. Mat kifla Rav Chista. And Rav Chista attacks Ravuna in the following lasha with the following words. The achar shemile kreso hemeno chozer umevarech after you've already filled your tummy with the karpas, or in this case, the chasa, which is marar, right? So you're go- then you're going to say alachil smarar later? Right, so first of all, here's a, 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 a flat-out raya that you're supposed to eat a lot of potatoes. Or in this case, it's a lot of mar. but the point is you're eating a lot of kar- uh, karpas. Mile kreso himeno. Right, you got full on the salad. So after you got full on the chasa, you're going to make later the, the bracha on it? That seems crazy. You ate so much mara already, and you haven't even made the bracha, you're going to make the bracha later? El amar of chista. So clearly, he holds that once you've said it, you were yotze the mitzvah. That's what it sounds like. El amar of chista, mi ikarim adama ve'achil. So sure enough, Rav Chista says that if you have chasa only, and you have chasa for karpas, you're going to make at karpas, you're going to make a bar adama, and you're also going to make the bracha of alachilas mar, and then you're going to eat it, and then ulvasof, and then later when you get to maror, ulvasof achilachilas chasa below bracha. When you get to maror, you're going to have more maror, right? Because you do, of course, dip twice. Everybody hold. Ask any kid who knows the manishtana that you're tovel shte pamim. You are going to dip twice, but you're not going to make a bracha the second time. You're going to make both brachas of bori Adama and alachilas mar, according to Rav Chista. At the first uh, eating of the chasa, what about a the hefsake would be. So you're asking with regards to the bracha rishona. Barry asks 
a question that the Rishonim ask, and that's how it gets involved here. What about the hefsek? Um, how are you going to eat the mara later? Because you've made a bracha of alachilas mara, and you made a bracha of bari priyadama, and then you had magid, right? You had a whole section. This is what Andrew is asking about the carbon pesach yesterday. So then you had the magid, and so if when you eat a salad again, right? Can't don't, don't you have a hefsek? So Barry did something very astute. He only asked this question now. Because the Bari Priyadama probably is not as big of a deal, right? Because we called the Mara Parperas Hapas in the Mishnah. It, it, this is, some Rishonim would hold that even the Bari Priyadama would require, an, you would need another, right, Bari Priyadama. Some, some might say that too. Even though you already made a Bari Priyadama, you have a large hefsek. But the thing is, you could also say that that's coming after the matzah. In other words, you could say that the Mara is part of the meal. Right, because parperas are pas, al matzus Right, when you eat vegetables or salad as part of your meal, and you've already made alachilas matzah, right? Um, so then, and you've already made a bracha of a motzi lechem in aritz on the, on the matzah, and it's part of your suda. You don't necessarily make a bor piyadama on salad that's part of your meal. So even if you did magid, you wouldn't necessarily need the berchas anenin of a bor piyadama on the maror. The question is. What about alachilas mar, right? How are you going to justify the fact that you're making a new bracha of alachilas mar? Uh, okay, so wait, a hefsek. You, you're now doing it l'shem mitzvah, and you already. So I guess because you were already yotze, you're not you're not making a bracha at all. In other words, I think that's the answer to your question. Again, the rishonim asked the question, and and, and really more the achronim get into you know different reasons. But the most simple reason, I think, Barry, is, so again, Barry's question is, why aren't you making another bracha when you have the chasa? So I think in terms of the adama, you are covered with the matzah because it's included in the meal. And in terms of the alachilas uh, marah, you already were yotze that mitzvah. According to Rav you were already yotze that mitzvah. So you're not being yotze the mitzvah now of marah. You already were yotze the mitzvah of marah. And you're just basically dipping a second time so that the kids should ask. But you're not really, right, doing the mitzvah of Mara now. You've already done the mitzvah of Mara before, right? So in terms, of, again, of Adam, it's in the Suda. And in terms of Al-Achilas Mara, this is what Rav Chist is basically saying. If you're going to be Yotze, if you're not going to be Yotze yet, so then do it when you're Yotze, during Mara, after, right, Motzi Matzah. But if you were Yotze before, so then you're already Yotze. You're not making a bar- you're not making the bracha because you're not doing the mitzvah really. Then that's that's a it's amazing amazing concept. Now, amazingly, we actually hold like Rav Chista. Look at this. The Gemara says Besura Avdi Karavuna and Surah they held like Rav Huna. Rav Sheshes Brayder Rav Shua Avid Karav Chista. Sheshes Brayder Shua held like Rav Chista. Vehilchatz Akavaseder Rav Chista. Amazingly, the lacha is like Rav Chista. So if you actually had Marar. For Karpas, you would have to make an Alachilas Mara there, according to the Gemara. That would be the Halacha. Um, now, in order to avoid that, says the Gemara, of Acha the Rava Plukta. That seems to be what we do, right? Ravacha the Rava specifically tried to avoid, right? He would avo- he would eat anything but Mara for Karpas, so that you don't end up getting into this Machlokas Rav Huna and Rav Chista, and so that you can make a bari piyadama without having to ha- make 
and alachilas maror on the karpas. Isn't that amazing? So he says, Ashar Yurakos. He would look for other green things. Interesting that he calls it Yurakos here, right? The, uh, and so the symbolism of Karpas. And that is, in fact, uh, what we do. We have Bore Priyadama, but not more, obviously, for Karpas. And therefore, we make a Bore Priyadama, and then later we make the Al Achilas Mar. Amazing. Okay. Now, maror and matzah together. So we just said that you're eating the maror al matzah simrorim yachluhu. So we're nine lines down. And Amar Avina, Amalir of Misharshe Bereder of Nasan, Hachi Amar Hillel Mishmed the Gemara. Now, Hillel says in the name of the Gemara, well, how could that be? So, of course, the Mepharshim um, have to explain. This is actually, you don't see it in the Rashbam, amazingly. You have to go all the way to the Ran. That this is not Hillel Hazakain. This is not the Tana Hillel. This is Hillel the Amora. Right, otherwise, how would you say it, Mishem the Gemara? That would be anachronistic. Anyways, so Hillel, the Amara, said the following. And when you see what he says, you'll see that it doesn't sound at all like Hillel Azakin, because listen to this. <laughs> he, he really says the opposite of what Zechel Lamekdash Kehillel says. He says, you can't, what? Wrap together the Matzah and the Mara and eat them together. Why? Amazing lambdas here. Mishum desvirlan matzah bezman azed da raisa umar der abanan veasei mar der abanan vatelay la matzah der raisa. What's going on here? Well, matzah is always der raisa. Matzah has a pasuk in, in the Torah that says uh, that you have to eat matzahs. So that is still bezman azed a mitzvah der raisa. Good. What about mar? So marar the pasuk said al matzos marim yachluhu. That was referring to the Korban Pesach. That's the only context where Mara is mentioned. So Mara is only mentioned in the context of the Achilas Korban Pesach. Achilas Korban Pesach is Mana Mikdash, is Daraisa. But is Mana we don't have the Beis Mikdash yet. Hopefully this year we will. But um, in the absence of the Beis Mikdash, the mitzvah of Mara, according to this, is Dirabanan. Okay. So since when there's no Korban Pesach, the mitzvah is Mara, is there a banan and has no separate pasuk to teach you eat mar on Pesach. So you're eating mar, which is there a banan, together with matzah, which is do raisa. So that's the first thing to understand. And then the second thing to understand is that somehow eating a darbanan together with a do raisa can, in fact, somehow cancel out the mitzvah do raisa and, and, and compromise it such that you shouldn't eat those two things together. And just to flesh that out, the Gemara continues to say, that the idea of mixing together mitzvahs and one nullifying the other is in fact a machlokas, right? However, even if you held like that in general, that you can join two mitzvahs together, we're going to talk about why this isn't chavilos chavilos in a second, but even if you held that you can join two mitzvahs together and be yotze both of them at the same time, that's only, says the Gemara, that's only when you have two daraisas or two darabonans. That's when they don't cancel each other out. That Hillel the Amara says that when you put together daraisa darabonan, the darabonan is always mevatel the daraisa. So what's the reasoning behind this? So let's take a second to understand it a little bit better. So first of all, when you, right, when you have a, um, 
uh, the simplest way to understand this, again, this also will have uh, several explanations, but let's go the Shvil Azov over here. The simplest explanation here is going to be as follows. Enos and mitzvos chavilos chavilos is two unrelated mitzvos, and you're trying to chop a rind, and that's had, as the Rosh Bam had said, um, th- that is looking like you're cheapening the mitzvah. It makes it look like it's a tircha for you, and that's why you're putting it together. That certainly is not what's going on when you're fulfilling almatos umrorim yachluhu, right? That is a fulfillment of the way it's kind of supposed to be. So even if in general, like what does it mean when you do it in general? So not every time that you combine two mitzvahs together, are you doing it to make it look like a burden or like you're cheapening it, right? Um, sometimes you're doing it and it can enhance one or, one or the other, or you're doing it and you're getting the best of one, of mar, you know, the best of one mitzvah and the best of the other. Putting them together, it, it, it's not the same thing as using, let's say, in the case of Chavilas, Chavilas we had earlier, it's not the same shaila as trying to use the same kos yain for two different things and to chop a rhyme to, to, to multi-purpose one item is different than to take separate items and to try to do them simultaneously, especially, especially in light of the fact that here we're actually being told to do korach, so to speak, and to do it simultaneously. So that's a totally different thing. So even though it's counterintuitive, right? Because enos in mitzvos chavilos chavilos sounds like the iser is exactly what we're doing, to put it literally into a bundle. But that's not really what it means. What it really means is you should not multipurpose and repurpose different items for multiple mitzvahs as if to, to, to make it look like a burden. But to have uh, separate items together to literally make a chavila is actually, ironically, not a violation of enos and mitzvahs, chavilas, chavilas. So that's just an interesting twist. But what's this idea is amazing. If a darabonon can't cancel a darabonon when they're together, according to the shita that mitzvahs ain't mevatlin zuzu, then how could a darabonon, if it's not powerful enough to be mevatal darabonon, how could it be mevatal daraisa? So to that, I looked around and I saw that the art scroll, I didn't have to look too far, quoted in Melchamos. I wouldn't have necessarily seen the Melchamos, but I will tell you that it makes some sense, which is the following. The darabonon is less significant than the daraisa. Right? In other words, the Doraisa, the mitzvah of matzah, is mi Doraisa. So, from the perspective, this is how it's quoted, from the perspective of the Torah, right, of the Doraisa, when you have this matzah and marah, from the perspective of the Doraisa, the matzah is the only thing that's significant. Uh-huh. So now you're taking something, mi Doraisa, that's significant, and you're literally compromising it, because you're taking something with a sharper taste, right, an overwhelming taste of mar, and you're overwhelming that mitzvah daraisa, right? According to the Torah, so to speak, from a purist perspective, this mar is nothing, right? It's not a significant mitzvah. It's not a mitzvah mi daraisa. So by definition, it's not significant mitzvah. And you're taking this potent food and you're dousing the mi daraisa with it. And so you could see how it would compromise. So in other words, had the mar been midor rice, then they're both significant. To eat them together would be okay. But because the mar is darabonan, and therefore midor rice is viewed as nothing, it's doing nothing other than compromising the matzah. That's the explanation here of Hillel the Amora, that you shouldn't put the two together because the mar, which is only darabonan, is going to compromise the matzah, which is the orisa. Okay. Now, the Gemara asks, 
Who is the Tana? And here, here is the twist, the irony. Who is the Tana who says that the mitzvos, when they are brought together, aren't mevatel each other? Hillel he, not Hillel the Amora, but famously Hillel Zake in the Tana. The Tanya, because we learned in the Brisa, this is going to sound more familiar. He used to wrap them together, the carbon Pesach, the Matzah, and the Mar, and eat them together. Because that's in fact what the Pesach said. And we quote that, right? We quote that at the Seder, and we say, And like the Nitziv says, so much of the theme of the Pesach Seder is which uh, may be rebuilt. Okay. Now, did everybody hold like that? So, Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan explained, Cholkin alav chaver of al-Hillel, his colleagues were cholig, Detanya yochel ye korcham nefasachas ve'ochlan kederach shehillel ochlan, because we have a b'risa. The b'risa says, you might think that you can wrap the Pesach and Matzah together and eat them like Hillel. By the way, we, I heard you can get Sephardi matzahs these days that are kosher for Ashkenazim. All these halachas sound like they're eating the Sephardi matzahs, right? Because they're soft, and they can be wrapped like a lafa, right? It's really shawarma and a lafa. It just sounds more delicious. As much as I love crispy matzah, and not everybody does, the, the, the shawarma and a lafa just sounds delightful. And korchan doesn't mean, right, make a sandwich, which is what the Ashkenazim have retroactively taught each other that that's what it means. Because um, a karich in Hebrew is called a sandwich. But korchan doesn't mean make a sandwich, they didn't, it means wrap, okay? Make a wrap. So now that wraps are common, I can explain, I can call it a wrap, and you know what I'm talking about, right? So, no, korchan means you make wraps, okay? So you're supposed to make it into wraps, not into sandwiches. But anyway, we have the hard matzah, we have no choice. We have to make uh, sandwiches. Anyway, so you could make wraps like Hillel did. Talmud Lomar, al matzah So they take the same pasuk of al matzah and they learn it differently. It, they learn it afilu They understand that to mean that even that you're supposed to eat it by itself. Whoa, that you're supposed to eat it by itself. Um, this becomes a little complicated. If you look, you look at the Rashbam. Rashbam says this is the Girsa issue here. And that's why some can see it as a raya of eating it apart. The Rashbam quickly says, why? Midiloksiv yochlu. That see, that's that's where you have the issue here. Is it? It's it's written right. Yo, it's yochluhu. Now, if it said yochlu, amatzmer yochlu means everybody should just let's go and eat it all together. But yochluhu makes it sound like it's singling it out, right? So when it says yochluhu, it's referring to what the Korban Pesach, and therefore everything should be eaten by itself. Okay, but they learn it as a rise of afilu to which Ravashi says, If this was supposed to be a raya that you're supposed to eat it by itself, then why, when they say it, do they use the Lashon Afilu? Afilu makes it sound like ideally you're supposed to eat it together. However, from the Pesach, you can learn that even if you want to, you can eat it apart. But it makes it sounds like the chatchila, you should in fact eat it together. So Rabbi Yochanan, right, is not. This is a right. This is a, an objection. Rav Rashi is asking objection. Rabbi Yochanan, 
he says you bring a rye from a matzah shemur miachlu that you could eat it together. But even there, it, that price is only really showing us that you can eat it apart if you want. But it certainly doesn't say that you have to eat it apart. It does make it sound still that Hillel is intact, that you can, in fact, eat it together. So therefore, the second b'risa, Ravashi is going to explain as follows. This is what that b'risa is teaching us. And again, just to spell out what we just said, that you might have thought that the only way to fulfill the obligation is to have a wrap. That, so what do you mean? That's the only way you could fulfill mar? What, what does that mean that that's the only way you could fill it? So, in other words, um, that basically that there's a chiv, there's a mitzvah to eat Pesach, Matzah, and Mar together, and you might actually think, right, because the Pasuk does say that, a matzah shemar mechlu, there's a havamina, says, right, Ravashi, that you will not be yotze Pesach, or mar or matzah, unless you eat them together. That makes sense, because that's what the Pesach says. Amatzah shemurim yochlu. Okay? Talmud lomar, amatzah shemurim yochluhu. And you can make the diuk that Rabbi Yochanan says, but the diuk doesn't teach you that you have to eat it separately, but rather it teaches you, that you can eat it separately. Therefore, you can eat it either together or apart, according to the Pesach. And therefore, that is important to know, that either way, you'll be Yoytze the Mitzvah. Okay? So then, if you can be Yoytze the Mitzvah either together or apart, so then why are we eating it apart? So says the Gemara, Now that we said that you can eat it either together or apart, right? So then, now it, the way to make it cleanest with in terms of brachos, because we know Barry's like a hawk watching, making sure there's no hafsekim, that everybody's making a bracha over lasiyasam, they're making the brachas on nanin at the proper time. So in order to satisfy uh, organized people who want to make line up the brachas with their actions, you're going to do alachilas matzah achil. you're going to make an alachilas matzah, and then you can eat the matzah by itself. And then right, this is thousands of years ago, this is what we still do today. You make the alachilas mara and you eat that by itself, and then, and then eat the matzah with the mar together below bracha, without making a bracha, and simply say, there it is, zecher la mikdash kehillel. That is in fact very familiar to us, because that is in fact what we do, right? So it's a beautiful, again, a zecher la mikdash that we do at the Seder, and it's many, many years old, this minhag, and now you know, right, the source of the minhag, of why we do it this way. Because the Pasuk says, which teaches you that you can eat it together, but you don't have to eat it together. Hillel uh, lived at the time of the Beis Mikdash, and he did eat it together. And so in order to recall those days, we do that at the Seder thousands of years later. Beautiful. So now we're two lines up from the bottom of Kuftes Vav Amad Aleph. And the Gemara is going to talk about Haroses as follows. Amar Belazar, Amar Rav Oshia. Okay, any food that you dip in any liquid. Well, what's the liquid here? This is mara that you're dipping in charoses, right? Charoses, even though it has the consistency of mortar, is very viscous, but that's considered a liquid because you, you could still dip in it, right? So, 
By the way, Andrew has superpowers. People don't know. He gargles peanut butter before he comes here at uh, 2 in the morning. Anyway, so anything that's tibula b'mashka needs natilas yadayim, right? So we said, this is a halacha in general, not just Pesach halacha, that you need natilas yadayim. Uh, Kalman will explain to you that for the tumor purposes, you need to do natilas yadayim because the liquid is machshir, the solid, and therefore you have to handle it, right, with, with clean hands. So Amar of Papa, Shmamina Hai Chasa, because we know that we have an Atilas Yadaim, when we dip, we, we, we understand from that, that the Chasa, as we turn to Kuftetz Vavam Beis, Tzarechlis Shakui Becharoset, that the Marer has to be totally immersed in the Charosas. Some of you may have family members that do this. They really get it in the Charosas. Okay. Now, why did they put it in the Charosas? Mishum Kappa. So, the understanding is that there's some poison in there. Tosfa says kappa is a perishabenutam tolaas. It's a type of worm. Be that as it may, we dip the mar in the charosis. Now, says explains the gemara. It spells it out. The fact that we know that we need to wash our hands, so we do wash our hands. Okay, and so the issue is right. We have urchats and we wash our hands. So the fact that we do that. If you thought that you could only dip a portion of the mar in the in the charosas, why are we washing our hands here? Hilo naga, what you would have a patent. You, there would be a, a way of getting around having to wash your hands, which which is simple. If you're only dipping the tip of the chasa in the charosas, like Aunt Mildred does, right? So then you can easily handle the dry part of the chasa with your hands. And so why would you need Orchats? The fact that you need Orchats implies that even at Mildred has to put the entire Chasa into the Charoses and therefore she has no choice, no recourse but to wash her hands because she's handling a solid that was entirely immersed in liquid. That is a Raya. The Netila Shedayim itself is a Raya that we have to put the the um, right totally immerse the Mar into the Charoses to which the Gemara says that's not exactly true. Says the Gemara, maybe you don't have to immerse it entirely. Because maybe the, let's say, let's call it the Rebbeinu Tam, maybe the worm will die right away, just from the smell of the Charoses, even when it's not entirely immersed. And therefore, why do we have a Natila Sidaim? Not a Rai that you have to totally immerse it, but just in case, not Aunt Mildred, but in case Cousin Jordana puts the entire thing in, as she does, right? Because some people really love their charoses. So since some people are going to Im- totally immerse the chasa and the charoses, we're going to make a low plug and we're going to say, everybody better wash their hands because those people who are going to totally immerse the chasa, the chasa and the charoses will uh, need to have those clean hands to handle the, the chasa that was dipped. That is... What? We wash our hands before carpos. Yeah. Yeah. Right. After hamotzi, we dip the lettuce and the charosi. So you're saying we're washing our hands for hamotzi anyway? What is the what is the deal with this washing? Right. So it's just a separate washing. Right. So it's 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 it seems to be. So Andrew's pointing out, and this this was something that was noted. Um, this is not how the Rashbam explains it. They never told us to wash. Right. Or did it? I missed it. So, uh, so 
so this is, according to some, like the Rosh Bam, uh, talking about, right, talking about the, the Mara, right? Uh, however, and because after all, the, you might recall that the Rashbam even said that even when you use the chasa for karpas, you don't have to dip, dip it into the charoses. This was a hawk yesterday that we didn't flesh out. If you need to use, right, because again, okay, first I'll answer your question, okay? The, 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 the simple answer to your question is that we're talking about karpas. Okay, simple answer, answer a- Andrew's asking, wait a minute, are we talking about karpas or mara? I thought we were talking about mara. Because why, if we're not talking about Mara, why are we dipping it into Charosas? So uh, the fact that we're talking about Charosas makes Andrew think that we're talking about Mara. And the fact that we're talking about Mara is confusing Andrew because we washed our hands, not, this is not Orchatz, but we washed our hands already because we did Netilas Yadaim for the Matzah. Rachza. Right? This is not Orchatz, this is Rachza. And rachza you have to do because you have to wash for hamotzi. It has nothing to do with the karpa. So what's the Gemara talking about? That's a very good kasha. So the simplest answer to the kasha, when you sort it all out, is that unlike the Rashbam, who holds, amazingly, again, uh, we'll break it down because we have time. That's the beauty of Ivory uh, Psachim. For some reason, it just, uh, the, the time expands for Ivory Psachim. The, the, um, question of why we dip in the charosis altogether. So we know that there's a symbolism of the mortar. But the Gemara here says that it's poison or a worm or something, right? The Which That the mortar is poison or something, and that's why you dip it into the, carpo, into the charosis. Okay, okay. So, so now, let's say you use mortar for karpas, because that's the case that we've been using in the Mishnah altogether. So if the reason why you dip it into the karpas, the karpa, if the reason why you dip the mar into the charoses is for symbolism, so then you're going to wait to dip it. You're going to wait until mar later to dip it. But if the reason is because of kappa, if the reason you dip the mar or the chasa into the charoses is to avoid the poison, then even if you're just doing karpas, then you're still going to dip the chasa into charoses. You have to. You got to get rid of that kappa. Oh. So the simplest way to understand the Gemara at this stage to answer Andrew's question is that we're not talking about rachza, we're talking about urchatz. That we're talking about a scenario where you're using maror for karpas. And therefore it's not the netilas yadaim for the matzah that you're relying on, it's the netilas yadaim of urchatz that we're talking about, that we're familiar with when you wash without a bracha. And then you have the karpas, it just happens to be that the carpus that we're using is marar, and therefore, according to, not the Rashbam, but according to the other Rishonim, who say this, that you have to dip marar in charoses, even when it's used for karpas, the, that's the case of the Gemara. They have the benefit of understanding it and answering Andrew's question, which is that it's not at the meal that this is happening. This is not after Achilles Matzav. This is actually at karpas, that we are dipping the chasa into the charoses and we're doing it for uh, the kappa purposes. And therefore, that's why washing your hands can, in fact, be a raya as to how deep you can go with the chasa into the charoses. Wow. So we really, we really, we really did a good, um, with Andrew's question that opened up actually a few different uh, ways of the Rishonim understanding 
Now, what we're doing this and, and this, in fact, this way that, that we uh, just said is the way the art scroll goes with it. It's really the, the simplest way to understand this Gemara flow. Very good. Thank you, Andrew. Okay. Are you, have you had enough charosas? Because some people can't get enough charosas. I can tell Andrew is one of those people. So let's go. I'm Arav Papa. The Amar Papa, five lines down on Kuftes Babam Beis, Lo Nishi Inish that you should not have too much charosas, too much of a good thing can ruin it. Don't leave it in there too much, right? Nishi. Dilma Agav Chalye the Tavlin, because the sweetness and the deliciousness of the charosas is going to actually mevatele the marore, right? That's always an issue. The marore is supposed to taste bitter. So, uh, so we know. Andrew always is fighting this because he loves charosa so much. He likes to pile it on. Well, if you pile it on too much, Andrew, you've got to be careful. You're going to, um, you're going to take away the bitterness of the mar and you're going to lose that mitzvah. So careful. The whole reason you're having the charosas is to get away the kappa of the mar, but you want to keep the bitterness of the mar. That's why many people have the minag of what? Dipping it and then shaking it off. Aha. Uh-huh. <clears throat> because you need to still have the bitter taste and if you just douse it as some people do with charoses that's not a move you have to actually shake it off or at least have a little bit so that you still can taste the mar especially today when a lot of people if you're actually going to use romaine lettuce it's not that bitter you got to keep it bitter okay now let's talk about the washing hands prior to the dipping What's Ad Berei? Ad Berei. So if Chista took Rab, was the Rosh Hashiva, Ad Berei means he put him up there on the podium by the stender, and he said, right, and he said to Rabbana Ukva, he says, you give the drusher today. Okay. Maybe it was Shabbos the Gadol drusher, whatever it was, it was around this time of year, maybe he was busy getting ready for Pesach, so he says, Rabbana Ukva, you, you give the drusher today. So not all the other Rishon. And this is what, what, what Rabbana Ukva, this is what he darshan. He's, he said the following cryptic statement. Not to yada betibul rishon, not to yada betibul sheni. A little bit referring to what Andrew was asking before, that obviously, tovlim shtepamim, as we get to the manish tana, which we'll say, we'll recite tomorrow. And so you wash your hands for the first dipping and also for the second dipping. So now we wanted to know, what is he talking about? After the shear, Amrur Rabban Kameda of Papa, everyone went to Rav Papa and they explained it like this. Habe alma itmar. He was just saying in general that even if you, in general, at any meal, if you were tovel once and then you ate, right, some veggies and then you had some sort of half-sake, unexpected, whatever, and then you had veg, another, a second vegetable, of course, then you have to be tovel again. Because if you think he's talking about the Pesach Seder, so Hassam is talking about regular cases, Hacha is talking about Pesach Seder. If you're talking about here, Pesach Seder, why would he need Two hand washes. He already washed his hands once, meaning people don't usually wash their hand more than once. And so Pesach Seder, we already know, it's built into the Pesach Seder, as Andrew pointed out, that you wash your hands for karpas. So this is the question you didn't ask, Andrew, which is, if you already washed your hands for karpas, why would you even have to wash your hand again? Your hands should be clean, even though there's a half-sake, a little bit of magid, your hands are still clean from karpas. How dirty do you get during Magid? Well, apparently dirty enough because that's what Rapapa's answer was. No, he was talking about hacha, about, in fact, the Pesach Seder. Because if he thought he was talking about a regular meal, lama le tre tibule. Why are there two dippings in the first place? In other words, it's only at the Pesach Seder that we're tovel shte pamim. 
So he had to be talking about the Seder. What do you think? He got up there and was talking about two dippings and he was talking about anything other than the Seder? Of course he was talking about the Seder. So then why was he talking about washing your hands twice? You already washed your hand for Karpas. Says the Gemara, Elamai, Hacha Idmar. This is what he was saying. Why do you have to wash your hands twice? Why do we have Urchatz and Rachta? He already washed his hand. The Gemara answers, This is what Andrew intuited on his own. That since you're going to say Haggadah and Halal, you're going to say Magid, Right? It's enough of a, it's a, it's what we call a hefsake, right? And he's going to have Esachadas, and maybe when you have Esachadas, you never know what you've touched, and that's why we wash twice. We have Urchatz and Rachatz. And we're in the middle of the page of Kutas Vav and We have a few minutes, so let's go. I'm a Rava. Bala matzah yatza, bala marlo yatza. What if you don't, what if you just swallow matzah without eating it and savoring it? You're going to be yotze. Not so for Mara, right? And that makes sense because Mara, the taste, is part of the mitzvah. Okay. What about bala, bala matzah, mar, yadei, what if you swallow them together? So yadei matzah le yatza, yadei marlo yatza. Well, that makes sense, right? You swallow them together, the Mara isn't a hefsake. Right, it's not like a chatzitza. You're yotze the matzah still. You're not yotze the mar. There is a case, however, where you're not yotze matzah. What's that? Krachon besiv uvlan. You put it like in um, in like plastic piping, and just literally like like stick it into some sort of covering, and just like um, like when people smuggle drugs. I mean, I, I heard. And, uh, and right, and they and they like put it in their body cavity and they swallow it like in a package. So obviously, if you're going to swallow matzah like that and it's not even ever going to touch your esophagus, then you're not going to be Yotze. In that case, says the Gemara, matzah nami lo yotze, right? Then you're not going to be Yotze matzah. Okay. Now, Amar of Shimibar Ashi, matzah lifnei kol echad ve'echad. Ah, the amazing concept, 800 years ago, the Rashbam already explained, how do you set up the Seder table? Do you have it for just the guy who's leading the Seder or for everyone? So if Shimi said everyone has matzah in front of them, mar lifnei kol echad ve'echad. Everybody has matzah in front of them. But to remove the seder plate and bring it back, so the seder plate basically is in front of the bal habayis. However, matzah mar and charos is in front of everyone. We can't have that. Um, he says, yeah, everything is just going to be in, by the bal hagada. So we hold like Arvuna that the Seder, we have one Seder plate. Okay? Says the Gemara, we have one minute. Removing a table. Lama Okrinisha Why would we keep removing a table? So that the kids should ask to that a story, and with that we'll finish. And he saw that they were moving a tray table back and forth. So Amarlu, Abaye said, um, it's understood. By the Mepharshim, maybe this Abai when he was young. Remember, Abaye was an orphan and Rabbah was his Rebbe. So he's as a Rebbe, at his Rebbe's house when he's a little kid. And he says, And he says, yes, I intentionally did it in a slightly younger voice. He says, we haven't even eaten yet. Why are we moving the table? He says, ah, see, the whole point of Manishtana is to get the kids to ask. Beautiful Abaye. You ask. Tosus will ask tomorrow. That's not really Manishtana. He just got the questions going, and then subsequently they said a proper Manishtana because you need to have all the questions as we will discuss when we get into the questions. Manishtana, Bezrat Hashem, tomorrow. So we're finishing like, uh, I don't know, four lines up from the bottom of Kuftespo and the base.